Tracy and Mike met with me for an Orange Sox interview regarding life with their son Liam, who has semi-lobar holoprosencephaly. He also had a cleft lip at birth that has subsequently been repaired. Liam is a twin, and his brother has no disabilities. Surprisingly, Tracy and Mike were encouraged to abort the pregnancy by a specialist because of Liam's diagnosis, which of course would have ended the life of both babies. I'm glad Tracy and Mike did not follow that advice. I got to meet the brothers, who are now five years old. What a privilege. Liam stayed for the interview. In fact, you can hear him make noises in the background. Well, his brother had more interesting things to do downstairs. Liam is delightful with an ear-to-ear -ear smile that lights up the room. So Tracy, when did you find out that Liam had a disability? So when we got pregnant, we were gonna have twins, and so naturally we were being watched a little bit more closely. Um, we did have to go through some fertility treatments, so our journey started really early in the pregnancy, and at 14 weeks, we found out what we were having, and so then at 16 weeks, and we went back just because they wanted us to come in every couple weeks, the tech was looking and we were still just gooing and guying over our two little boys because we were surprised. I was surprised we were having two boys. I thought there'd be a girl in there for sure. And then she just kind of got quiet and um, and just kind of said, I'll be right back. I have to go grab the doctor. And so I kind of gave her this look like, why, what's going on? And she just, all she said was that, I see something with the brain. And I think she mentioned the clefts and then she got up and left. And so I looked at Mike and just started crying because that's not, obviously something was wrong. And so when the doctor came in, well, it was a while, the doctor came in to talk to us and then he explained that they thought that they, they thought he had agenesis of the corpus callosum. So just the corpus callosum was missing and they saw the cleft palate and the cleft lip. So then they sent us to a specialist and we met with him and he looked at it and he confirmed that it might've been this, but then he started at that appointment, because he was from Colorado, he was just kind of visiting, and he started talking about, you know, their selective birth, their different things like that, and I was just like, what, why are you even talking about these things? And so just let us know, like, there's options for you. And I'm thinking, I have another baby in there, and he, from as far as we know, he's completely healthy, so why are we even talking? about this and so, so that was interesting for me and then they sent us up to the U to the university and we met with a specialist up there and then we were still thinking it was this agenesis the corpus callosum and just thought like you know he could just be delayed with different things because still live a normal life from what we could understand but then that's when they came in and shared this huge word with us and started talking about it and all i remember really is like well someone write down this word i have no idea what you even said to me and i'm like, and I'm like and if i can't even pronounce what my child has how am i ever going to be able to comprehend it all so Sorry, anyway, so um, the 16 weeks when we saw that there was something to be concerned about, and then there was concerns that he had trisomy 13 as well, but we decided not to, not to go through with the testing for that because if something went wrong, then something could happen to Logan at the same time. And so we just felt like it'll give us knowledge, but it's not gonna change our situation. We're still gonna carry these babies. And so decided not to take the risk. And then when he was born, they found that he didn't have that. So. It was probably good that we didn't take that risk. Okay. So, Mike, um, what were some of your thoughts during this time? So I'd say once we found out, obviously there's concern, confusion. What do we do? The big question. Um, what does this mean when 
when we deliver, will he stillborn? Will he survive? Will, like I said, the concern of will it affect uh, his brother? So it's a lot of more questions, but it's there's nothing to do at the time. So we'll just move forward and see what happens. What have been some of the challenges or the hard things that that have come with with your with your son and and his uh, disabilities? Challenges are. Um, as he was young, uh, he would not sleep unless he was being held, and not only held, but bounced. And so between me and my wife, we uh, would sh take shifts. I was going to school full time. She worked full time. So uh, I took the night shift and uh, she took, or I took the day shift when I wasn't in class and took some night classes and let her sleep at night. I'd take him till about four in the morning and then Tracy would get up at four and take him until about eight when I would take him as I went to school. So that was a big one. <laughs> so exhaustion, lack of sleep. <laughs> he was so little. Some of his medications, they couldn't make him small enough to give it to him. So we'd have to mix it and give it to him um, through like a shot. And we'd have to do that a couple of times a day. And so besides being new parents and learning newness, and this is outside of having another baby they were taking care of. Was, I was just going to ask yeah. that because you, you didn't have just one child. You yeah. had two. Right. Yeah. You had twins, which yeah. is difficult enough. Yeah. yeah. So we anyway. were we were exhausted. People would be like, how are you? I'm like, we're fine. But I think I didn't realize how exhausted I was until we started getting rest again. And it took a good couple of years. Like we did that whole night shift thing and morning shift for first while. And then when he got done with school and started working, we did every other night. So one night I just wanted to sleep, but the next night I got to sleep. And the same thing for him. He just, um, he couldn't self-soothe. And so he had to be held and talked to and rocked. Like he couldn't just hang and chill. So he was either held and happy or not held and upset. <laughs> Tracy, what are some of the routines that you have to do on a daily basis to, to care for Liam? So with Liam, it's just he doesn't take any food by mouth and so he has a feeding pump and he gets multiple medications throughout the day. And so there's those routines to make sure he gets his medications and, and he's feeding and you're feeding him. He's nonverbal so he doesn't communicate as far as what he needs. He has he definitely communicates through his eyes and his face. Um, but it's just he's like he's like caring for a baby, honestly. He's a five year old kind of baby in a sense, you know, and so cares that you would do for a baby is kind of similar to cares you would do for him. Yeah, problem solving, whether it's, does he need his diaper changed? Is he hungry? Does he just want to be held? Does he want to be moved, readjusted? It's so want to play? Is he bored? Is he overstimulated? Except he's the uh, size of a five-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the joys. Oh, he brings a lot. He, um, then you saw when you first got here, like his eyes are very expressive. Um, even as a baby, he had the biggest eyes. And before they repaired his lip, you can kind of see in the pictures, it was a pretty severe cleft lip. It was bilateral cleft lip, so cleft on both sides and was turned and like twisted and attached to his nose. But that just, that was my baby. And I fell in love with that face because when he smiled, like his lips would just like flare, just like be open. And so when he went in for surgery, I was, I was really sad and scared for his, his face face to change and he wouldn't look the same to me but he had those big eyes and he kept those big eyes and that is like his line of communication <laughs> yeah it's his eyes and his face I mean he just lights up and he lights up a room um, he obviously has now, a really good sense of humor and now he's laughing <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
we were remembering those early days too. And so, you know, and he and he, he talks his little jibber jabber like a kid does, but he has give and take too. Like he'll have a whole conversation with you. So he just, I don't know, people, they just light up when they see him. And especially, it's not just Liam, it's Liam and Logan's relationship together. Lots of people come up to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I have tears in my eyes just watching your boys because there's just a special bond and spirit and just feeling to be around him. He's kind of our calmer, everyone loves him. Fortunately, he's the favorite of everyone in the family, so. So Mike, do you have some joys that you, that might be different from, from Tracy's? Um, joys, same when he's, when he's not sad and upset, which luckily isn't as often as it used to be. And just, yeah, his expressions, like both visually, how he makes them with his own, how he communicates with us, which is something we're, we're continually learning ways of communication with him and to allow him to let us know of things he needs or wants, um, which is something recently that's, we've learned he has understanding and, and can be taught things which uh, we probably she'll want to show you yeah, later. Yeah, I want to show you. Unfortunately, you can't uh, awesome. see that over audio. It's all visual to see. So sorry, listeners. Yeah, um, but it's the most amazing thing for me. But that's I love it. probably the biggest thing that's happened right now. Another one is um, probably, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of the same things Tracy said. He's a, as a part of the family and as the oldest by a minute, he's... <laughs> He he's does look after his brother. It's kind of fun to see that how he cares for him, not only as Logan cares for him, but as he cares for Logan. And uh, so those are those are good things. And seeing him grow and improve and uh, still alive and not having too many extra healthcare problems so far. So good. So tell me, um, what impact has his life made on your extended family? So everybody, like Tracy said, every everybody loves Liam, whether it's friends or strangers or, of course, family. All love him. He's he's a member of the family, but the more everybody gets to know him and builds a relationship with him, they really they build that. Liam allows that. He wants that. People are just drawn to him. They really are, though. Once I mean, first impressions can be different for others, but once they've met him and see him and talk to him and, and develop a relationship with him, he's, everybody loves him. He's his, his mom gets really stressed out. And when she needs to have a moment to relax and just needs to have um, some peace, she wants to be with Liam. She's She'll like, call, I, yeah, I need, she needs to, I need, I need Liam, Liam time. time. <laughs> I just need to hold Liam and let him share his, Peace and relaxation. Yeah, <laughs> no, she totally, when she's stressed out and she's a couple hours away, she'll call like, can we come this weekend? I just need to be with Liam. And, you know, he just puts things in perspective for you, I think. People see that and, yeah, just like, he seriously is so happy. I think the first while I really struggled, I guess one of the things I struggled with was me feeling sorrow for what he couldn't do. Um, and I had a really good doctor. And she was like the first one, I think, that really just sat me down and just talked to me and just asked me questions and how things were going. And then things came out that I didn't know I was feeling. And um, a lot of it is, you know, just sadness that he can't do this, he can't do that. Will he ever be able to do this? And she's like, and she pointed out to me that he doesn't have that sorrow because it's not that things got taken away from him, you know? Like he's happy, he feels love. You can see that in him, you know? Like he's not sad or he's not feeling sorrow the way we feel sorry sorrow for him. So I'm trying to learn to not feel sadness for him if he's not feeling it for himself. Well, it would be very easy to compare the two 
right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of twins. Yeah. Well, for me, it wasn't so much seeing Logan progress and do things. I knew Logan would do that. Like he was going to grow and be bigger. He's going to be able to do all these things. It's when we'd have like friends have babies like a couple years later or family members and they're doing things past what Liam could do. And they were like a baby, but they were crawling and rolling. And I'm just like, that's when I felt, I think, more sadness that he couldn't do those things. But it's all right. So if I came to you and I had just gotten news that I had a baby um, with a diagnosis similar to, to, to Liam's. It's a hard one because I think what we struggled with a lot um, was that there's not this defined path he's going to take. There's so many different scenarios because it's with the brain. And so I would tell someone that um, as your parent, you're going to get to experience their journey and it's a personal journey for them and to give them that chance. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to learn a lot and you're going to have to be okay with not understanding a lot. There's even a lot of things he does now that we don't even know exactly what it is. And then we're just like, well, it's just one of Liam's things. And um, you just have to be okay, I guess, with that. But people can see him as my greatest trial, but it's a trial that brings me happiness every single day. And I don't think there's a lot of trials out there that can bring you happiness at the same time. And he really does. It's not easy, but our our lives are so much enriched and so much fuller having him here and the experiences we've gone to have in life are so much fuller we miss out on a lot of different things too and that's that's an adjustment but i think it gets made up for in other ways i don't know anything so you would add it. to that Mike? add to that yeah it, there'll be hard times they'll but they'll be very happy times and joyous times as a, a typical child yeah, he's our easy one, by the way. At, at this, yeah, no, he, he was the hard one, and now he's the easy one. He doesn't, he's not sassy or talks back or <laughs> thinks he's in charge. He knows he's in charge. Yeah. But, I don't know, there's, there's lots of things that you'll question. You'll go to the internet, you'll, you know, use whatever search engine you want to try and learn more about it. And when we found out, that was the first thing some of the nurses told us is, don't, don't look up images on the internet, it'll scare you. But like Trace said, it's it's very different. Every every child that is diagnosed with this has a completely different path. So we've you know, there's children, a lot of them are stillborn and never make it, and some that are how old was the oldest one that you the saw? The oldest one in I Texas met was in her twenties. Heard about. Or no, there was another guy that was in his thirties. So it can be completely different. Uh, another local kid that we met, the first one that had the same diagnosis, he was he was five or six at the time. Yeah, he was five because he just turned ten. Which is five years ago. And uh if you were put them side by side, Liam where he is now compared to uh, where the other boy was, um, his family was very surprised when they met Liam, when we brought him over to see how happy he was and uh, facially expressive and made eye contact and did those kind of things. They, You could see that they were impressed by that. And I don't, I don't know, I don't know if maybe they maybe felt sorrow or bad that their son didn't provide that, but it's but hard they too know because, Jackson, yeah. they've they known him being like that, but. but. I think we all have, and there's different medications they're on too. And so it's so hard. There's so many different variables with it, but Liam's definitely, he's our social little guy. And I see him always being that way. Well, I'm glad you had him here yeah. with us so we could uh, meet him and interact <laughs> and, and get some of your noises on the on the yeah, recording. He's like, I'm glad that I'm here too, huh? Oh, cool. You probably made a little noisy though, huh? Well, but. thank you. 